Hi, welcome to episode 13 of the About IBD podcast. My name is Amber Tresca. I'm the IBD expert at verywell.com. I also run my own blog at aboutibd.com, and you can find me across all social media as About IBD. Today, I have the first part of my interview with Brian Greenberg. Brian's a friend of mine, and he runs the nonprofit Intense Intestines. Brian swung by and we had a long conversation. The first thing that we talked about was his diagnosis at the age of 11 and how he dealt with IBD through his being a child and then a teenager and into adulthood. I think it's a particularly interesting conversation for anyone who has been diagnosed young and also parents who are coping with bringing a child through these difficult early years dealing with an IBD diagnosis at a young age. During this interview, I had something happen that's never happened before in that we were dealing with some pretty significant construction going on. And so you're going to hear that in the background. But I think in the end, the content is so worth it that you probably won't notice it. So here you go. Here's the first part of my interview with Brian Greenberg of Intense Intestines. origin story. What's your origin story, Brian? My origin story was I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease actually at age 11. And I didn't really know what that was at that point because the internet wasn't around and you didn't have easy access to a lot of information. Mm -hmm. But it was an interesting time in my life. I weighed about 100 pounds Mm -hmm. and I was on 60 milligrams of prednisone or more. So let's just say that my behavior in middle school wasn't exactly the greatest. Um, I would bounce off of walls. I was getting in a lot of fights. I would yell at teachers. And I spent a lot of time in in in-school suspension, which I later learned was probably because of the 60 plus milligrams of prednisone that was on at age 11 just to manage my disease because that's what doctors did. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember an interesting conversation with my older brother right before I went to high school. And he said, you need to learn to calm down because whether it's the prednisone or not, you're going to get your butt whooped if you mess with the wrong senior. So luckily I kind of straightened out in high school, but high school is when my Crohn's disease really started to come on. And that's when I really started to learn more about it too. Uh, Wasn't the easiest time in my life. Um, I missed a lot of school. Some was me just being a kid and not wanting to go to calculus Some was me being actually sick, but the hardest part of high school for me with my Crohn's disease, and I found this out towards the end of my senior year, is this was back in the late 90s, and I actually found out that there was a rumor going around that I had HIV and AIDS, and that was the reason why I missed all of school. So it was really hard. My friends knew, my very, very close friends knew that I had Crohn's disease, but the rest of the school didn't. So it was a really hard time in my life because I knew something was wrong, but I also wasn't mature enough to handle it on a daily basis, especially when my gastroenterologist is, here's 16 pills of Pentazza you're supposed to take every day, four times a day. And it's just not exactly the easiest thing to manage. So I kind of made it through high school and um, survived, but my freshman year of college was when my Crohn's disease got really bad. 
And that's when the part of Crohn's disease, a lot of people don't talk about enough, the rectal side of the disease really hit me. And I started to have a series of rectal surgeries, 16 surgeries in 19 months um, for rectal abscesses of different variations and different depths and everything um, to manage that. And I would be healthy for two weeks. I'd get sick for two weeks. Uh, I'd finally schedule the surgery. Then I would be having to recover for another week or two, finally be healthy for two weeks. And then the whole process started again. So it was a very hard time in my life. Um, finally, after doing that for about 19 months and my parents um, really not wanting me to get an ostomy yet, I decided to have my first resection a whole three days after my 21st birthday. So I didn't have exactly the normal 21st birthday that most people were supposed to have. And uh, things got better for about four or five years. Um I don't like to use the R word of remission, but things were good. And I was able to manage my disease on a regular basis. I got big into rock climbing. I was able to ski again. I was able to go out with my friends. I was able to leave the house for the first time in years without fear, which was really nice. Um, at age 26, my Crohn's disease hit me like a truck again. And things went downhill very, very quickly. Um, I went from rock climbing and skiing and doing all the activities with the friends that I love to going to the bathroom 25, 30 times a day and being a 26 year old who would have accidents on a regular basis. And it was a really tough time in my life because I really was only comfortable around my house. And I decided to have my second major resection at 27. And my doctors told me that I would still have enough colon left to live a somewhat normal life. They told me I'd be going to the bathroom five to eight times a day, which as you know, as well, you're like you'll take that when you're going 30 times a day. You'll be like, I can manage five to eight times a day. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it never really took after that second major resection, things just got worse and I lost control more and more and I lost weight. The whole gamut of symptoms that Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis patients can list were hitting me on a daily basis. Fatigue, pain, nausea, accidents, um, diarrhea. um, Some of even the worst pain that I would have would just be from going to the bathroom so much and wiping, which people don't even Mm -hmm. talk about that kind of pain. Um, Around age 28, I decided to get my ostomy. And it was a really hard decision for me at that point. And that's even a longer story, but being a single 28-year-old guy making a decision to get an ostomy was not easy. Uh, were my friends going to accept it? Would I ever be able to do the activities that I loved? Would I ever be able to find a partner that would be okay with it at that age? And the answer to all those questions that I found for my situation was, yes, life got better. Yes, I was able to do the activities that I loved. And yes, I was able to find a partner, which was really great for me. And I did market research asking all my friends before the surgery, what do they think? And um, it was a really interesting time right before the surgery, but the ostomy has definitely changed my life for the better. It's given me a lot of things back. And um, from about 28 to about 31, things were good. I, I had a nice little break again, adjusting to the ostomy and everything. And then at 31, the rectal disease came back. And at that point, I didn't hesitate to have surgery quite as much because I knew the rectal disease 
was only going to get worse and my fist drilling was only going to get worse and I had cetons in my future and more and more infections and more and more surgeries. So I met with my doctor and he said, listen, I think you should get a proctectomy. We always talked about it. Um, your rectal disease is only going to get worse and you're only running the risk of getting rectal cancer on top of all that. So now that I was a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, I just said, hey, listen, let's get the proctectomy done. Let's give me a Ken butt. I know for women, it's a Barbie <laughs> butt and that's the normal term, but <laughs> I like to use Ken butt. So mm-hmm. I got my Ken butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, things have been good. It took a little while to heal up fully, but uh, for the most part, I have my life back again and things are manageable now. They're never perfect. The ostomy isn't the perfect situation. Having the rectum removed isn't a perfect situation. But it's a lot better than going to the bathroom 30 times a day, having accidents and not being able to leave the house. So things have definitely improved. So that's my 22 or 23 year journey with Crohn's disease and 30 plus surgeries in a nutshell. In a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I have quite a few threads that I want to pull out of your origin story and find out (laughs) a little bit more before we get into the things that I really want to talk to you about. Sounds good. Um, But you were 11. Yes. Okay. And you went between 11 and 21? Before my first major resection. Yeah, I had a lot of surgeries for rectal disease and things like that before, but my first major resection was at 21. Okay. Yeah. So you had like dealing with clearing out abscesses and things like that. Yeah. Okay. But the resection was the first time that they opened you up at 21. Correct. That's a pretty good track record, 11 to 21. Um, the other thing is this idea, and it it resonated with me because I experienced the same thing. I was 16 at diagnosis, but... It never occurred to me how much whispering was going on behind my back. And I think the major thing that people thought I had was, I think, um, an eating disorder. Um, Because I was 89, 90 pounds most of the time. And, you know, now I'm wondering about the HIV AIDS because I don't... Like, how did you deal with it? Because once I found out people were were whispering, I it wasn't like I went on an, an information campaign to tell them things. Yeah. I kind of was just like taking my ball and going home. And you guys, I don't even really care what you say about me because I almost died. Yeah. So how did you handle it? It was a tough situation. Um, how I came to learn this was I remember I was in... I believe Spanish class and I was sitting kind of alone at the time and there were a couple of desks around me and kids in high school, they get in stupid arguments across the classroom for no reason at all. And I don't remember how it started, but I remember I was having an argument with someone across the, across the classroom and she eventually just let out, well, no one's sitting next to you because they don't want to get HIV in front of a lot of people and the teacher was there as well yeah and my jaw kind of dropped as this 18 year old like what are you talking about like hiv like and the teacher immediately pulled me and the other student out and kind of set the record straight 
um, fairly quickly because I feel like the teacher felt like she needed to act on it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really tough because all my teachers knew about my disease. They had mm-hmm. to because I remember my junior year, my school system implemented a new absentee policy where if you had a certain amount of absences, you had to redo your semester and things like that. So I would always have to go around with this card after I was absent for more than seven times in a quarter and get all the teachers to sign it. It turned into a much bigger situation that I wanted it to be because the teacher was there. And the principal then got involved and other people were involved. So it turned into a little bit of a bigger situation than I wanted it to be with teachers getting involved and principals getting involved and us pulling aside certain students that we actually found out were kind of the cause of this rumor. Looking back on it now, I I don't want to say I harbor any grudges or anything because I, an 18-year-old that probably weighed about 90, 95 pounds, my clothes were too big on me and I looked like I was withering away. I wasn't really able to do any sports like other friends were and other activities and I basically went about my day in school, went home and tried to just recover from the day and play video games or do whatever I could in the comfort of my own home or with my friends. So it was a difficult situation. What I pulled out of that too was that (laughs) at no point did any of these people who decided to whisper actually came up to me and said, why were you out of school for a month? Yeah. And why is it that you, you know, and maybe that's too much to ask of teenagers. I, honestly, that's kind of too much to ask of adults sometimes times, because yeah. adults do the same thing. Yeah. I would have preferred that people just ask. And I think part of it, a, a lot has changed now with social media. And I actually have a friend who has a younger brother who, God, it was years ago now, it was probably like six years ago, but he was in high school And the acceptance of disease is completely different Mm -hmm. now because everyone's sharing their story more. Everyone is able to get access to information very quickly. And you see these stories, whether they be on ESPN or Ellen or whatever, of these high school students rallying around a kid who has Down syndrome or autism or various diseases. And they all support each other where back in 1998, 1999, This sharing of information, sharing of stories, access to different WebMD and all these kind of things wasn't available. So kids just talked and they made things up. Whereas now I think kids are much more accepting and adults are much more accepting as well because everyone realizes that whether it be Crohn's disease, whether it be HIV or whether it be a wide host of other diseases, everyone has something And if you're one of the few lucky ones that don't have anything, you know other people who have something. Mm -hmm. And you just become more accepting of it. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a difficult time. I kind of wonder what would happen if I went through high school now compared to back then, what it would be like. But Mm -hmm. I think you're right. No thanks. Pass. (laughs) Pass. I agree. I don't think I want to do that again. I don't don't want to redo button by any means. But I... It's definitely, I think, a little bit of a better time to go, go through all this now mm-hmm. um, compared to when I went through it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I probably would have been able to get my story out there at a younger age and feel more 
controlled and that people were going to accept me more with my disease instead of trying to hide it. Right, which is completely ridiculous. So <laughs> so the other thread I want to pull out of that is that you were 11 at diagnosis and then you were battling this for the entire time of your adolescence and your young adulthood. And yet you still managed then and today to have a very active lifestyle. How did you possibly manage that with Crohn's disease as a teenager? And then t- and then you're going to take me into stuff that I already know, but I want you to tell <laughs> other people about, about your crazy Iron Man lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. Cra- craziness. Um, you know, being an active person with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis and or an ostomy is never easy. Um, and as an adolescent, I almost feel like ignorance is bliss almost. Mm-hmm. And your friends are doing something and you just go do it. Right. And if something happens, you deal with it at that point. Um, luckily, I had a group of friends who I was extremely close with in our neighborhood where whether it be middle school or high school, we always were with each other Mm -hmm. before school, during school and after school. And they knew about my disease and they knew it wasn't HIV. Mm -hmm. So they knew what I was dealing with and whether we were riding bikes, whether we were playing paintball, which is something that we did a lot of uh, running around the neighborhood, whatever we were doing, they knew if I said, Hey, time out, I need to go take care of something. They were very accepting of it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, ignorance is bliss almost because your adrenaline gets going mm-hmm. and you start doing an activity. And once you start doing something, sometimes getting into that activity and having this moment where you're able to forget about your disease almost allows your mind and body to act differently and not be sick for whatever period of time it lasts for. So I would have friends who would call me up and say, hey, listen, we're paying paintball this afternoon. Meet us at so-and-so's house at four o'clock. And I wouldn't feel very well, but I'd say, you know what? Let me just go over there. I'd like to see my friends. Maybe I won't play paintball today, but I'll just say hi and I'll watch them play or whatever. But then you get over there. You see them start loading up their paintball guns and everything. And you you say, "Uh, you know, let me just give it a try. And then all of a sudden two, three hours goes by and you realize, wow, I just had a really nice break from my disease, even though three or four hours ago, I almost didn't want to get off the couch. So I hate to use that phrase, you know, mind over matter and just think your way through it because Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are not mind over matter. It's just not possible. But there are times where I feel like a distraction allowed me to get through my childhood with my Crohn's disease and still be able to do the things I loved at that age. Um, It wasn't always easy. Even at a young age, I had to grow up much faster than my friends. My friends were just like, well, what video game am I going to play next? What, you know, sport am I going to do next, et cetera. And I had to say, okay, well, I want to do that sport with you, but what supplies do I need around me? Where's the closest bathroom? What medication do I have to take before I leave the house? What medication do I have to take with me just in case I need it while I'm away from the house? You know, 
is are my parents around in case I need to get picked up very quickly before I had a car, things like that. So there was always systems that needed to be in place. And that kind of set me up for the rest of my life almost because now I have systems for almost everything. And it forced me to mature at a younger age, especially for a guy. Cause we all know guys mature way later than girls and we are absolute idiots. And not I, all of you. <laughs> we have our not moments. all the time. <laughs> there, there are still moments where I'm just like at up at Lake George or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that 50 foot cliff jump looks like a great idea. <laughs> And I do it, and then I'm just like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, Did you do that? Yes. Yeah, those are things. Yeah. Did you do that this year when you were in New uh, Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay, because yeah. so, I was like, I didn't hear about that. No, okay. it, it, there's a couple. But, you know, guys mature slower, and we are not always smart about our time management, and we're also not always smart about our activities and things like that. But it forced me to grow up faster because I had to. I had to manage my disease. I had to manage all the medications. You know, when I was put on 16 pills of Pentaza a day, my friends were running around and I remember having a little Casio alarm clock on my wrist watch and, and I would have an alarm go off four times a day that would just alarm me. Okay, it's time to take your Pentaza. Is it in my backpack? Is it at home? Did I bring it? So there were things that forced me with my Crohn's disease to grow up much faster. Mm -hmm. And I think while being an adolescent and young adult, I tried to have as much fun as possible and, and ignore my disease. I also had to accept it as a, at a very young age too. Yeah. So talk to me for a minute about what it was like to transition from being uh, a, a tween to adolescent to young adults and managing something like medications. Uh, what you had your Casio watch. I like I, I'm thinking about it now because I was taking drugs for like every six hours, so it was four times a day. Um, I had no mechanism <laughs> except my own memory, which was not great. I think I did like um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you know I I've never missed a meal in my life, so that worked out <laughs> well. Too. And then bedtime. Um, but what was that challenge like for you and your parents? How were they in structuring your day when you needed? I have a 10-year-old. I know what this is like. And to ask an 11-year-old to take medication on a regular basis, what that would be like when they can't find their shoes every morning. <laughs> so at what point did you transition that? And how did your parents help you get to that point? Uh, excellent question. Um, it was definitely a team effort at times, but it was also on me at times also. Mm -hmm. um, my parents had a very interesting ideology, which I actually really liked on how they raised me and my brother was you're on your own. You are going to learn how to live your life on your own, especially once we had cars. They were just like, now you now now you're an adult. You have a car now, etc. And they always told me and my brother, have fun, enjoy life. But if you come home in trouble, or the police come home, or anything like that, or we get any kind of call, the hammer is going to come down. <laughs> so they kind of set us up to be very independent, mm -hmm. but 
know not to cross that behavioral line when Mm -hmm. it came to um, getting in trouble or anything like that. So it allowed us to mature on our own pace very quickly, but they were also there to help me out a lot. There were days where if I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't hydrating well enough or I'd my Casio watch and I ignored it, you know, it's just like, I'm too tired. I'm in bed. I don't want to get up. They would obviously help me out. I mean, managing Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis is a team effort in a lot of ways because there are times where your body's just going to shut down. And they understood that. And they were very supportive of it that, you know, most kids are waking up at 6 30 7 o'clock getting ready to go to high school and they leave the house and their day is fine where there were days where i would wake up and i'd try to move my body and it wouldn't want to go anywhere (laughs) everything hurt every bone hurt every joint hurt my stomach hurt i was running fevers i was sweating so it was definitely a team effort and they were really supportive and they helped me out a lot but they also set me up for success which i really appreciate now because I did have to set up my own systems and I did have to learn how to do this on my own as well, which I think was really good because there were years where I was able to live on my own and I didn't have a steady girlfriend or partner. And I did have to learn how to live on my condo and, and, and set up my own structure to get through this by myself. And I didn't want to be reliant on someone else, um, which has also made me start stubborn at times. And my fiance doesn't always really love that, but as any partner to an IBD patient will learn very quickly, there are things that we want help with. There are also things that we want to do on our own so badly. (laughs) Um, So my parents were very supportive. My family was very supportive. My brother helped me out a lot. My brother has Crohn's disease as well, much more mild case. Um, So he always had that connection and understood what I was going through to a certain extent, but it's a team effort and it's also an independent effort at the same time that kind of have to come together. And I think with my parents and my friends and family, I was able to kind of meld everything to one that worked seamlessly for the most part, which has set uh, set me up for success later on in life with my Crohn's disease. Right. It, like you're literally one of the most organized people I know. <laughs> people tell me I'm organized all the time. And then I'm like, nah, dude, man, Thanks, you OCD. know, Brian <laughs> has got it nailed down. Um, I think that really, it does set you up for success. It sets you up for success in your life and it sets you up for success in managing your disease. And that concludes part one of my interview with Brian Greenberg of Intense Intestines. You can find Brian, really, Brian lives on social media. It's actually kind of fun. He um, definitely keeps us all in the loop as to what's going on with his life and what's next for him. So look for him under Intense Intestines, and I will put everything in the show notes. So you can click on read more or whatever it says in your podcasting app. And that way you can get the full lowdown on this episode and get all of the links in there. I'm also going to post it up on my website about IBD.com. So if for some reason you're not seeing anything in your podcasting app, try about IBD.com, go to podcasting, and you'll find all the information there as well. As always, you can find me everywhere at about IBD 
across all social media platforms. It's really exciting when people tell me that they've listened to the podcast. I do work really hard on it and it's definitely become a passion and a labor of love for me. Brian and I talked a lot in this episode about what it was like to be diagnosed young and although neither one of us actually used this word but what we experienced was bullying and it was pretty significant and affected us both even though it's been almost 30 years since those events happened to me in high school and in college there are times when a situation comes to mind and I think about exactly how horrible that was. I do wonder what propelled some people to make our lives so difficult and to feel as though they could create a false narrative instead of just asking us what was going on. So I implore you in your life, and this goes for dealing with chronic illness, but it also goes for anything. When you have a question, just ask. Don't stop communicating with people and don't make assumptions about what's going on with them. If you just take a few minutes and have a conversation with someone, you're gonna find out a lot and it's going to explain what's going on with them and If their behavior is confusing to you, you can often clear that up by just saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on with you right now? Is there anything I can do to help? So thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find this podcast on iTunes and Google Play. If you've enjoyed it, please do help someone else find it. If that means you have to take their phone and open up a podcasting app and subscribe, you know what? I think the ends justify the means. Just going to lay that out there for you. Thanks so much. And remember, I want you to know more about IBD. IBD.